This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to a podcast of Rare Antiquities. Today we are going to continue our review of Star Trek Picard Season 1, and we're going to combine our review in today's show of Episode 7 and Episode 8, Episode 7 called Penthe, and Episode 8, Broken Pieces. This is Harry, and welcome back, Jeff. How are you? I am great. How are you? Well, I am okay. You know, we're living in a world today where the coronavirus is now, you know, spreading throughout the globe. Uh, we are here in Canada you know, stock markets crashed for a variety of reasons, you know, because oil prices have dropped from the Saudis mm-hmm. and in conjunction with coronavirus stuff and, you know, Trump and other world leaders are starting to say, let's shut this down and shut that down. And it's driving the markets crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of fear and panic going around in uh, even here in Canada. And I thought I'd get your take on your experience so far before we really start into the episodes here. I thought we'd just kind of talk about this high level. What's what's going mm-hmm. on with you, and what's your observations here? It's um, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, I spent the last week, you know, just, it was still just kind of reading about it in the news. It wasn't really a big, wasn't really a big deal here locally where we live. Uh, there aren't many cases in the in the vicinity, and uh, as far as as if we record this, there hasn't been any confirmed cases of community spread in our area. So you know, it was one of those things that was on the news. Seeing the stock market crash, it wasn't a huge surprise to me. I mean, I work very closely in that in that in that business, so I I wasn't surprised that I've worked through this kind of thing before. But I'm always disappointed in people that I don't understand how how you're supposed to treat the stock market. So it's unfortunate uh, because it has real world repercussions for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know people who who live and work out there, and unfortunately, you know, so it's a it's a real shame. And then and then things started to kind of crystallize a little bit over the over the last couple of days of last week Thursday Friday you know like we went grocery shopping on Friday and there were lines uh, all the way up and down all of the aisles of the grocery store you know it, it, people weren't freaking out or panicking it still looked like kind of pretty regular grocery shopping but people were making sure they got you know they got what they needed to get and that's kind of when it started to look to me like okay well it's there's some there's definitely if if not panic in the local area some unease setting in mm-hmm. um yeah i would say there. i would say more unease i'm not panicked mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's getting to a point where you know like say for example if you're we are not at risk you know we're less than mid-age essentially mm-hmm. i guess but we're approaching there but we have parents so if you right. end up being a carrier what does that mean for your parents potentially what does it mean for your kids even though i'm hearing kids aren't drastically impacted from this thing mm-hmm. but it's uh yeah it's it can be a scary time but, it, but it, yeah it's it just shows the state of humanity how quickly things can change like we're not walking mm-hmm. devil i'm mean, not walking devil walking dead apocalyptic level yet but i mean as you said uh, my wife was pretty shooken when she went to mm-hmm. get groceries and all the aisles are bare and she was able to bring some stuff home but now yep. you have to do the social distancing and all of these mm-hmm. things. Luckily, it will not impact this podcast unless I croak. <laughs> <Which> is... <laughs> I'll, uh, don't worry, Harry. I vowed to move on, to carry on 
the dream without you if something happens. So, so don't you worry. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I can rest in peace then. Sounds the dream good. will survive. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought it's interesting, you know, like we see kind of these things in movies and, you know, Star Trek's had its fair share of these kind of scares and science and how do you treat it medically and you know, they talk about various facets of, of viruses and diseases or addiction and these kind of things that happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just kind of fascinating how things have, you know, translated into real, real life here. So I thought I'd start off the podcast with that. I was curious to get your thoughts, but let's now talk about the two episodes that we are here for. Start, uh, episode seven, Nepenthe and episode eight. So I thought we'll just, instead of talking them, talking about them both together, let's just split them and try and mm-hmm. do, do them quickly. So episode seven. Nepenthe, we saw Picard go through that portal and he winds up, and I correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been now a couple weeks since I've seen the episode, that is the planet is Nepenthe, right? I believe that is correct, yes. That's right. So he arrives on Nepenthe and he gets, you know, he's with Soji. They are in in a very similar vein to him going back to his uh, vineyard homestead in that episode of Family with his brother and his nephew, he kind of gets now Riker's son, who kind of sees him from afar, questions him, like he's playing kind of like this make-believe thing, done like medieval thing or whatever he's doing, and then he brings him to... He, rec- he obviously knows who Picard is, and I think Picard knows who he is. Or she is. Sorry, it's a she. I know, I was just like, that's, that's right. a daughter, right? That's yeah, a daughter, okay. that's a daughter. Sorry, it is yeah. a daughter. And she brings him back to the Riker homestead there, and we finally get to see Riker and Troy. And this mm. is kind of a bit more of a, I wouldn't say character study. It's a nice little break from some of the action that's going on. And we mm. get to not only revisit these old characters uh, with Riker and Troy, but I think there's some nice stuff here going on with Soji and Riker's daughter. Now, I can't remember her name. And then we have, we'll, we'll talk about the stuff that's happening on the board cube separately. So let's talk about what I think we really want to talk about are these scenes here and seeing Riker and Troy again and Picard interacting with his old crewmates. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a real pleasure to see Picard interact with with these old characters. I you know, I, I'm pretty sure Frakes hasn't acted in anything in many many years. Marina Sirtis as well, I don't think gets a whole lot of work these days uh in front of the screen. So, I was actually really impressed with how well they seemed to fall back into their characters. You know, like it wasn't perfect, but I, I thought they did a really good job for, for people who don't do a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I know Frakes works a lot in TV. He's, he's a very, very prolific television director, lots of different series. So he's around it. I don't know how much Marina Sirtis is around it. So it, and she actually was, had a lot to do. So it was nice to see. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, they were, they were. It was great, you know, and I think that one of the, maybe on the flip side, part of what it, I don't know, I don't want to be too negative, but part of what it exposed about the series is, I mean, TNG was such a, like the ensemble was so important mm-hmm. that, and I think what, I think one of the things you and I have been grappling with with this show is that Patrick Stewart as Picard, like it seems, it's a very different Picard. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that, which, you know, for story reasons that, that do make sense. But as soon as I saw him on screen with these legacy characters, I was like, oh, okay, they, they, I mean, that's why some things feel off is because he's playing off of all of these different people on this show. And so that ensemble hasn't, it's a different ensemble. It's still an ensemble in a sense, but it's different. So seeing him back with these other characters, I'm like, okay, this feels 
emotionally correct to me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, at least in those scenes. So I thought, um, I thought it was really nice to see them together. Yeah, I agree. The first thing I want to say is shields up from Riker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was, I, sp- I did a spit take on that Funny. one. That was yeah. fucking hilarious. When he, <laughs> you know, there's a funny thing. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, like a long time ago when DNG was really popular and they were branching out into first contact. I think it was right around the time of first contact. They released a bunch of TNG toys in Toys R Us or wherever. I remember one time I was looking at one of the Riker figures and mm-hmm. each one has a kind of catchphrase. The card would have, you know, T, Earl Grey, hot Q. It would be like, you know, Mon Capitan or, you know, all these huh? kind of things. And, Riker, it was just shields up, fire, <laughs> shields up again. <laughs> That's it. great. <laughs> and the fact, and, that, and he always did that, right? That was great. It's like the knee jerk Riker reactions, and I thought that was fucking fantastic. Even yeah. though it was a bit silly, like when you kind of think about it. Are you being chased mm-hmm. by Romulans? Shields up. <laughs> And I'm yeah, in the house. Right. It's like, at first I thought he was just joking. And it was like, okay, really? He has equipped this house with shields. <laughs> so. He's a, he's a, he's a prepper. He's a, that's what he is. He's the 25th century Star Trek version of a doomsday prepper. He's got the, uh, the shields and the cloaking detection and all of that stuff all set up just in case of the, uh, galactic apocalypse. That's right. That's right. And, but going back to these characters, I want to give a complete shout out to Marina Sirtis. Especially mm-hmm. here. I thought she was fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the acting department here, like she didn't, she was even better here than she was in most of TNG. I yeah, she well, was actually really, gave yeah, her something to do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I do want to shout out here, and I don't know if this played a part of her performance. I do believe her real life husband died shortly after filming this. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if he had an illness oncoming or if it was um sudden. I don't know those details. That may, you know, life experience is not just maybe about her husband, which is unfortunate and, you know, sorry to hear about that. But she seemed like some life experiences grounded some of her acting here. And mm. she she was able to pull into, you know, some of that trauma. Like there was some silent moments there mm. where because Picard knows they have a, do- uh, a son who died earlier. And I think the name was Thaddeus. Yeah. Was the son. That's right. Weird name, but that's okay. I liked some of those scenes in, it was better left unsaid. Like Picard was kind of looking at her saying, and she was saying, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. And it's like, you know what I mean? I thought these were brilliant scenes. And the same thing with Riker here. Frakes did a great job. He fit right back into that role. And I want to say something here. It's like this to me, you were talking about what this show exposed you to. Like we've kind of hinted at this. Like why, why come back if you're just going to have this new crew? And you're going to piecemeal in some of your old crew. And now we're just going to want to see the old crew back together. Now, with Picard and Riker and Troy together again here, mm-hmm. this to me exposed that the show, and it, it's a, maybe an unfair judgment and a comparison, but the show, the, the, it's his, Picard's new crew, there's no, I don't feel a connection there like I do with these characters. And I think that's exposing a problem with the show. And it's unfair because like in season one, mm-hmm. you would say in season one of TNG, well, it's like the same thing of every show. You got to mm-hmm. give these characters time to gel and bond. But when you think about how this show has kind of approached things, like this was a one-off series. I know they have a season two. It was a mm-hmm. one-off season. I don't think they were saying they were planning for seven seasons here. No. So no. when you're going down this route of saying, I'm going to have my own crew, but now I'm going to sprinkle in the old crew. 
Now I just want to see them. It's kind of like the, what happened yeah. with Star Wars, right? Yeah. It's like the minute I saw Harrison Ford, Luke, and Carrie Fisher again, I mean, you know, whoever whoever else was the part of the old crew, I just care about them. And mm. it takes away from the from the new crew and these new characters. And I felt the same thing here. So I'm mm. wondering if it was a mistake not to just do a, I don't want to call it a reunion show, but maybe it might have been better to have these characters all interact together again. I'm not yeah. saying they got to be on the Enterprise, but I just felt that after watching this episode, I just felt that now this is a mistake because now this was awesome. And I yeah. now go back to Picard interacting with the other crew. I don't think that the regular crew, the Picard's new crew here is very strong in the acting department. And I think mm-hmm. the show is suffering from it. And mm-hmm. that's just, I don't know. What do you think about that? Is it yeah, unfair I... or is <clears> it, <throat> it just, you know, because it's season one and you got it. It is what it is. And we don't expect these characters to really gel, yeah. but. No, it, it's, it's, I don't think it's unfair, but it's also not like, it's not, it's not inaccurate. Like it's, it's a shit. Cause I'm, I'm with you. Right. I, I agree. It's not like, it's not fair in the sense that, you know, we're on episode eight of a 10 episode season of a show that's going to have two seasons, maybe three. Cause that's kind of what they talked about when they started. They're like, we've got enough material maybe for three seasons if we decide to do it. So is it the, sh- like, it's not like no, but nobody's at fault. But it's part of the overall, like the structure itself. Then it starts to show its, I guess we could say shortcoming. Like we've never had a Star Trek show like this where the idea was to focus on one single person and that person's quest. You know, like Discovery kind of started that way in a sense, but it's, it sort of built out its uh, ensemble over the course of its two seasons. Whereas this, it's just not going to have that time. So it's, yeah, I, I don't know what the word is. Is it, is it unfair? Is it, is it something else? I, I don't know, but you're right. As soon as I see him hanging with Card, or sorry, when I see him hanging with Riker and Troy, I'm like, yeah, I want more. I want more of this. Where's Jordy? Where's Worf? You know, where's Data? Well, we know where Data is. It's dead, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that's, that's the thing. Like it, it was almost a smarter idea when they had seven of nine, the couple episodes earlier, because he had never interacted with seven of nine before on screen. Mm -hmm. So, but it was still a nice callback to that era of Trek, right. On that, that same, that same time period, but without giving us that, that long of seeing or hearing Riker say shields up and, and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult. It's, I'm of two minds of it, I guess. And I'm having trouble reconciling it. Yeah. I'm having trouble too. Um... I will say this though. I will say this uh, while we're on that topic. Regardless of all of that, what it does do is it does help clean my palate of Star Trek Nemesis. And I will be grateful for that. For yeah, a- this, this series here is a direct continuation. Yeah. Even though it's not a, you know, timeline direct like the next day, but this is a continuation of Nemesis and the right. events that have unfolded, not just because mm-hmm. of data, but the Romulans. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's it's nice that yeah. that's not the final chapter in this, in these characters' story. Yeah, I mean Nemesis. That was, yeah, Nemesis. That was real. Nemesis is bad. It's not absolutely terrible, but it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are yeah. there are elements I really enjoy in Nemesis, but yeah, there is a couple here and there. But as when it's the final story, it hurts. You know, like that was the final one. Like like Star Trek Five is a bad movie. I enjoy the hell out of it, but I think that part of what makes it easier to remember Star Trek Five fondly is that wasn't the send off. Mm-hmm. 
You know, if that had been the final Star Trek movie, oh, then we'd be in trouble. Yeah, we'd be. I'd be kind of pissed off. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so this, have, this is nice. So then I have a question for you: If Nemesis was, and it is, genuinely viewed as not being a good send off, then that strengthens my position on that everyone should have been here. I and I, I guess I agree with that. Like it, it would have been nice to actually have a reunion show. I understand. Like why they were not able to? Well, shit, they probably could have done it. No, um, to me, man, this is this is Patrick Stewart's doing. He was not interested in a in a reunion show. No, no, and, he wasn't. And I think everyone else was. He was saying, "No, I'm not doing this." I've heard multiple interviews and read multiple articles that it was not his interest. He was okay with just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. you know have spending time with maybe Riker for ten minutes, but he didn't want these characters tagging along. So this is all Patrick Stewart's doing. And again, I'm wondering if he's now, uh, if he has some hubris and he has some ego here. Oh, I, I'm sure my he does. And yeah. I wanted my show. I don't want everyone tagging along for the ride with me. I don't want to share the screen. And the funny thing is here. But he is I, sharing I, the screen. I, yeah, I'm just going to say, I feel, I want to get to this at the end. So please, I'm going to mention it here. Please remind me. Sometimes we mention something, we'll talk about it, and then we don't talk about it. Yeah. But yep. at the end of this episode, I want to talk about, I feel Picard's not even the star of his own show. Mm. Like he well, is and he isn't. I don't know if you agree with that, but let's talk about that afterwards. Now let's talk about the, the, the meat of the story here. So Riker and Troy are there just to give Picard a chance to have a breather while he's escaping Narek yeah. and uh, the Romulans. So he's here. We see Riker and Troy. They are there because their daughter has some illness that she, there's some, I don't know, regenerative properties about this planet that she has to stay here no that, it was the son what, who had the illness that's the son who had the illness oh that's right and, and then that's the daughter, why they came here that's why yeah. that they came here and the daughter because she developed her own world out of this tragedy of losing yeah. her brother that she wanted to stay on this planet and, they, yeah. and, and they, the parents didn't want to pull her away off this planet after the fact yeah they they didn't really seem to have any interest in going back to starfleet mm-hmm. but yeah. i do want to mention one thing so now the son died and i found this a bit contrived and again something with the writing so everything has to relate back to the synthetic issue yeah now you know the son died he would have survived if since were allowed to live and not yeah. banned because was... something to do with his body could be saved <laughs> based on some neuro i don't know what the fuck they're ca- talking about yeah. what, what what is the thing the positronic it was some bullshit so yeah. so they oh had to God. like culture some bacteria or whatever had to be cultured inside of a positronic matrix and that was the treatment for that disease but that does that treatment ceased to exist when synthetics were, were out that's correct yeah and my that was God. some that's extraordinary bullshit. tech the tech bullshit oh right my there God. it's it fucking was. retarded and Pardon i my language that. no no really it, it is fucking retarded it's stupid yeah. and i was like oh so really fun. we're doing this you want to give him a tragic Angle, go ahead. But why are you linking it? Everything has to be related. It's the, yeah. we talk, keep talking about it, the convenience currency. Yeah. So that's right. Just, it falsely raised the stakes of this whole synthetic issue. That's right. And it's that's like, right. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't, it wasn't necessary to raise the stakes of this issue. Yeah. Because like we all have the same fondness for data. Mm-hmm. Cause if you, if you don't have this fondness for data, you probably don't watch this TV show. No. You no. watch this show because you love TNG. And if you love TNG, you love data. So. They don't need to be doing stuff like that. That's just cheap and shoddy. Like, it was unnecessary. I guess, yeah, it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, I guess, how about Soji then? So, we have Soji and the daughter, and I think the daughter was there. I really liked this actor or child mm. actor who was mm. playing the daughter. 
I thought she was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, I really liked her. Yeah. Yeah. She was really good. And I loved her interactions with her parents, Riker and Troy, as well as Picard, but especially Soji. Cause Soji is just being revealed. Like we have that reveal here right off the bat. She gives away because she mentions about data when they mm-hmm. walk back to the Riker homestead there that she tells Soji, Oh, you must be an android then. And Picard hadn't told her that yet. Right. So then Soji right. has that starts to have that bit of that breakdown, not mm-hmm. a real physical breakdown, but really questioning everything and is kind of getting into a depressive state and being a little angsty and all that stuff. And, and I thought the daughter brings her around their interactions. She's talking about data. She's talking about what Picard can do for her. He can be that father figure that you need or that, you know, light that can guide you in the right direction. And I liked all of these scenes. And I think yeah. that's what Picard has been missing. I'm going to say one thing, the way this show is edited is a fucking nightmare. It's I feel like people who are on drugs or who have ADHD or a combo of both are cutting and making this show because the show doesn't linger on character moments like this too long. It feels like it's 10 seconds and you're out. 10 seconds, next scene, and we're cutting back and forth between two different, you know, the A and B yeah. storyline. But in this episode, I felt that they lingered a little bit more oh, on some of mean. these character moments here. Yeah. And I thought that was a str- one of the strengths of this episode is the way they allowed the scenes to breathe. And yeah. especially for Soji and mm-hmm. Troy and Troy too. So I, that was a strength in this episode. What'd you think? I thought it was great. No, I, I mean, I agree that, you know, you kind of said it before as sort of a break from the action. This is a more Trek like episode. Like it's a talkie, you know, it's people talking and that's where Star Trek, strangely enough, has always been at its strongest when people are just kind of talking it out. So yeah, uh, great. I love the daughter as well. Uh, Kestra was her, was Kestra. her name. Oh, and I, yeah, I, that's right. And that Kestra yeah. is the Troy's dead sister. That's right. I didn't know. That's right. So neat uh, callback there. I think Thaddeus is a callback to something as well, but I'm not sure why well, I didn't have time to, to research it, but I, it, it rang a bell in there. So we'll, we'll have to do our research, come back on that one. But all the, I mean, all the, all Trek fans already know what it's called back to, and uh, we're we're lazy. We don't do our our homework like mm-hmm. good Trek fans. But uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, it was nice to finally see Soji have something to do other than be smitten by this Romulan dreamboat on the Borg cube. <laughs> yes. So they were really doing agency. her a disservice. Yeah, a lot more agency. She was able to come out of her shell, and now I'm not dreading every time she's on screen like I was. For the first seven, uh, or I guess for six, six episodes. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah. And, and she fit right in. Uh, yeah. Their, her interplay with Kestra was great. They had some chemistry, those two. They, you know, cause it was like kind of like she was kind of like a big sister, mm-hmm. you know, like they're asleep. They're kind of hanging out in the bunk beds there and traipsing around the, the woods uh, as the episode wore on. It was, it was really nice. It was really sweet. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was great. So let's now move on to the, B storyline going on here, which is we're back on the board cube and I'm, yeah. I'm mixed on what's going on here. So if from mm. the previous episode, as Picard and Soji went through the portal on the board cube, Q and Elrond or Elnor, sorry. Elnor. Yeah. Elrond. Elrond, <laughs> Elrond the El. Yeah. Elnor. Same Elnor. Thing. Elnor stays behind for whatever reason. And now he's just kind of trying to avoid all the Romulan soldiers or who are stationed on the ship there and eventually the romulan lady i cannot remember her name oh the the bad the, the evil sister evil sister her name is uh, rizzo 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 
Rizzo. Okay, if it's Rizzo. Yeah. So she tracks them down, and they have a good good fight. You know, um, Elnor is able to do some fancy moves to dispatch some of these soldiers. It's, it's an okay, small little action sequence. It doesn't mean much to me. The unfortunate casualty here is Hugh. Oh, and, I know! And oh. he is just unceremoniously killed. Quickly. And, and the way it's done too, it's so poorly shot. He just, he's just kind of sitting there shocked, kneeling, crouching to the side, and she throws the knife into his neck. I like the move from Rizzo, that she was able to kind of quickly do these things, and Elnor was trying to throw it back, and, and she transported out of there before it could hit her. That's a nice little shot. It mm. just, I think the whole action set piece, though, was kind of underwhelming. And as a result, Hugh is gone too quickly, and I was hoping there would be he would have more presence on this show. And it doesn't necessarily mean he has to tag along and be part of the crew, but I just feel like they brought him back for almost nothing, and yeah, it's, I, it's too yeah. it's too bad. I'm mixed on it. I mean, because I feel like that does legitimately raise the stakes, as opposed to the fake raising of the stakes with uh, that whole positronic matrix cure for Thaddeus. And I, I, you know, if you think about it, like he was on this show more than he was on TNG. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I wanted to, I know I was, uh, he was good. He was so good. He was much better than I was expecting him to be. Uh, Cause you know, I knew he was going to be on the show months ago before the show aired uh, when they announced it. So I, I know I expected him to be in like one episode as who knows what and actually have him, you know, he was on three episodes. He was, he was character. He had agency. He did stuff. He had good performance, he interacted with Picard. It was really nice to see him, and I think giving him. Act, and the thing is, is actors also love a good death scene. They that, love. That's they right. Love, they they, they love do, it. but this was not a good so. death scene. Uh, well, the the actual knife to the neck, but he got a good final couple lines. Like that's what they want is the the death speech is what these actors <laughs> they live for. And I thought he, I thought he had a, I thought he had a good final line there. I thought it was really sweet and i thought he played it really really well it was too bad that it was with this character that he had just met but uh yeah he was kind know, of alone so then what i don't do? like that right so yeah what are you essentially do? yeah what are you gonna do but yeah but you so know what we can pause on just that notion because they're bringing back a character right away into the next episode yeah and i felt if you were going to have hugh do a sacrifice i think it could have been done for the next in the next episode yeah, in, so in you conjunction could have been with seven. Yeah, yeah with seven. And I think that would have meant more. You know, she's, yeah. even though they've never interacted, it's Borg and Borg instead of this, you know, Lord of the Rings guy sitting here. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, totally. <laughs> no, I, I agree. That would have, that would have been a lot more like emotionally uh, satisfying. I kind of hate to keep dumping on Elrond or Space Tolkien, whatever, <laughs> because I actually, I like him. Like he, he makes me laugh. <laughs> He just makes me laugh because he feels he so out of place. Laugh. Well, he does feel so out of place. And that's not the actor's fault. I actually think no. the actor's doing a good job with the character that they've given him. It's just such a silly thing. Like, it's totally unnecessary. You know, it's like, what else do we need? Uh, space elf, Romulan. Yeah, let's, let's throw a Romulan in there with a samurai sword. It's going to be fucking dope. And it's like, okay, I mean, it's pretty silly. But the actor's like, I'm game, baby. Get, bring it on. I'll do it. I'm going to give it a hundred percent. And he does. And I like, and I love his earnestness. He does have earnestness. Yeah, he does yeah. have some it's earnestness. Yeah, totally fucking useless, but uh, <laughs> I, I love his earnestness. He's kind, of, you know what? He's kind of like the Wesley Crusher of Star Trek. <laughs> you know, you know? Oh, like man, it's man. like why is why That's is this great. child here flying a spaceship? Well, he's he's trying really hard, guys. Okay, fine, no problem. So <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> That's great. He'll grow, he'll grow into it. That's fantastic. Okay, so after Hugh dies and Rizzo escapes, Elnor's still trapped there, but uh, I believe Picard gave Elnor the Phineas Ranger tracker or activation key or whatever you want to fucking call it, and yeah. he he activates it to get help to get off that ship. That's the end of the episode, essentially. And we, you know, obviously Picard and Soji leave the Riker homestead there as they get picked up by Rizzo. No, no. Oh, no. Rios. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I am struggling with these fucking names, man. (laughs) Rios is is probably the easiest name. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the easiest name. So he, he get, he get his crew finally picks him up. And uh, that's really the end of the episode. And it's sad to see Riker and Troy leave, but at least they have somewhat of a happy ending, yeah. in a sense. They're stable family, even though they had a tragedy, and they seem to be doing well for themselves, and, and it's good. And, you know, Riker's still on reserve duty, and that would have that been fucking awesome. Riker, we need you back. So it's like, all right, just give we me a second. We need to fly in on, that, uh, on the Enterprise-E with that, uh, with that sweet super laser like in All Good Things. Yes. That would be fucking awesome with the white beard yeah. and everything he's got now. Yeah, white oh, beard man. and everything. Yeah, it'd be great. Actually, I thought he looked pretty good too. I like I like old man Riker. I thought he looked good. Yeah, yeah, he kind of reminded yeah. me of old man Luke, except yeah, kind of. Except this one had uh, Riker has uh, a bit more optimism than grouchy Luke. So better lines too. I better think. lines, yeah. better everything, and and better food too. Better food, yeah, <laughs> better everything. <laughs> it's like, so. like he wasn't drinking green milk out of an alien's tit. <laughs> No, that, that, I mean, I know he burned a pizza, but I'll take a burned pizza over green alien tit milk any day of the week. That's right. <laughs> All right, so Jeff, that does the episode seven wraps it up. Uh, Nepenthe. Well, now picking? hold on. Okay, we didn't. We, we didn't. didn't talk it, about it leads directly into the next one, but we didn't talk about Doctor What's Her Nuts um, oh. poisoning herself oh, deliberately. Yeah, I mean, good for her, but I really, I'm struggling to really care for this character. Yeah, no, she's going to need, she's, a reckoning I hope is coming for her because I don't, and I kind of like Alison Pill in, in, in some things, you know, she's fine, but, uh, she still feels out of place yeah. on this show, but, but yeah, because at the end there, she, uh, because they were getting tracked through, through the, like, so we see that she was given a pill by Admiral or Commodore O. That's right. In, uh, way back <laughs> that then they're tracking her through through they're tracking her and they're still able to track them through space there mm-hmm. uh but they, this is where she we do reveal in this episode wasn't it that she had the mind meld with commodore o yeah and, and then she uh, saw the vision yeah, yeah the vision of presumably synthetic life destroying all regular life i guess and that was her and that was how she was convinced to kill maddox because she had those images and those emotions implanted directly into her brain so yep and i was gonna be it well, I was going to bring it up at the beginning of next episode because we start with this okay. vision. Let's let's um, roll. Let's just roll. Yeah. Well, so we can talk about that. Do you want to roll? Talk about it now? Yeah. Let's. Well, okay. let's just go into the next episode then, because yeah, it directly leads into it. Okay. So. Well, let's just quick, quick thoughts. What okay. did you think of this episode? Just to wrap it up. It was definitely my favorite episode of the bunch so far. It was like every episode. You know, it's not. There were still some issues with it, but there was such. Good stuff with Riker and Troy and Picard all together, and they uh, they nailed their daughter. Uh, so she finally has <laughs> okay. something to do. Is they, the show, words. <laughs> the show really did well with the daughter. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Harry. Well, anyways, it's all good. <laughs> so they uh, they did a they did a hell they did a hell of a job with those character moments. It was it was what we've been kind of waiting for seven episodes, and they got. 
they got it. It was it was awesome to see them. And uh, anything else? I'm, I mean, I'm pick, we're picking nets other than that. I think, right? So yes. no, I agree. I I liked. I really enjoyed this. I think this is my favorite with uh, the pilot. I think those two are my favorite of the bunch so far. So it was an improvement. So let's move on to episode eight, Broken Pieces. So we open up directly again, back in the past. Every episode is back in the past. We have to start with, we see the Dr. Hotch or Jagvash. Jagvash. I think it's the Jot, is it the Jot? Jotvash. Jotvash. So this is the Romulan secret cult society that is worried about synthetics and they're showing kind of its, I wouldn't say formation, but I guess it's agents trying to understand what their mission is. Mm-hmm. They are on some weird planet around some weird shit, very cultish, dressed in robes. And we even see that Romulan woman who was assimilated by the board mm-hmm. called Soji yep. the Destroyer. She's here as well, yep. along with Commodore O, I guess either I'm assuming before she joined Starfleet or whatnot, doesn't matter. So they all hold hands around this thing and she warns everybody that you know, this is going to be something that could drive you mad. You may not survive this vision, but if you do, you will know what it is and what your purpose is and, mm-hmm. and something along those lines. So people ha- see this vision and it's a vision of the past. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It was of mm-hmm. the past of yep. synthetics destroying what could be the known galaxies or universe. And it's all apocalyptic worlds blowing up, cities blowing up. So there's wars and you see flashes of just different synthetics and you see data briefly there and part of that mm-hmm. and maybe soji as well and all of that stuff and then once the vi- once the vision is complete uh, some of the romulans go mad um, start beating themselves one shoots themselves in the head and those who survive are now stronger and now are agents of protecting and trying to make sure since don't exist and that's their mission do you i have two questions for you jeff was this satisfying for you one the way this is revealed and what the mission is. And two, the second question is, this is a vision, correct me if I'm wrong, is of the past. So even though life repeats itself, like we can talk about cycles and life is cyclical and we don't learn our lessons of human history and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But this is what I fear, I I was afraid for, is that it wasn't something to do with, there's no agency here. It's just feels like here's Nostradamus's Guess you know, the world's going to end, so let's all believe it's going to happen. Let's not use our brains. Yeah. Let's just and I just didn't. Right. I, I didn't like that. I thought that was kind of stupid. You know? I, I don't know. Well, okay. So that how I understood it is that society or that civilization was destroyed by synthetic life. So they place this warning beacon, like this is what happens inevitably when when synthetic life is allowed to evolve, like unchecked. So it, it happened to us. It was, so what's not a Nostradamus thing? It's, uh, this actually happened to us. Hundreds so and thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Don't, so don't let it happen to you, right? So it, it, I guess it is like, try to learn the lesson of history. Don't allow the, this type of life to come forward because it will naturally want to destroy you. I, I believe that's what they're trying to tell us. How they portrayed it. Okay, so they're like, okay, this could drive you mad. And, uh, you know, we see that one Romulan shoot herself in the head, and the others are bashing their faces in with rocks. It was a head of very, like, horror movie feel to it. Um, and that that's okay. But because the images that we see aren't that shocking, it's hard for me to kind of extrapolate how much worse it was to have that implanted directly into their brain so that they would like, they would try to kill themselves and or go crazy, you know? Uh, so there was a bit of an incongruity there. It was, a, it, it's a leap for me to be like, 
Okay, why does why does that drive you crazy to know that these things would destroy all of like like all organic life? Like, why does that drive you insane? I don't understand why that drives you insane. Like, so how much worse were the images? I can't make that leap. So I didn't like. I thought the scene was fine. Like, I was yeah. So was it satisfying? Not really. And I was also disappointed because I was hoping that there was something more at play here. Yes. And there's not. It's exactly what it's been since this first episode. They really hate synthetics. Yeah. And And that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah, And and we talked about it before in one of our previous episodes. We're hoping that this is not just going to be the simple Terminator kind of thing. Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, we're afraid about AI and synthetics and here you go. And not about AI, but in this case, it's synthetics. Terminator, it's about AI taking over. And again, the leap here is that, you know, in the future, in this show, Star Trek Universe, tech is so advanced that AI is there. It, uh, machines are there. Self-operating machines are there. There are mm-hmm. various forms of robotics and androids that have been present in many incarnations of Trek up to this point. And now all of a sudden, it's an issue. Yeah, it's, it's just it's almost it's, like the people who make the yeah. show, they don't understand how AI works. They don't know anything about AI. No. You know? No. It's so, they're, so it's like, well, yeah, I agree. I mean, the uh, most it, dangerous AI that you've seen so far is the Borg, technically, and lore. Yeah. And that's really, it's a race of one race of something, and then, and then lore. And you know, what would have been more interesting in this case is if they were kind of making a leap between synthetics and the Borg, and they still may do that. I'm not sure. Mm. I don't see how. But mm. I think if the show was more about that and not just simply data. See, what they've done here is for Picard to kind of get back into the fold of things, the tragedy of data saving his life and data's sacrifice has impacted mm. Picard so much that they made it only about that. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake. And I think that if there if data was related in part to some of the stuff I think that would have been more interesting instead of the direct correlation. It's because of Noonien Soon's future work, whether Maddox did this or Soon, Soon yeah. did that. And there's Data's, some of Data's tech is somewhere in something else. And it's, I don't know, man. It just feels they've, their instincts of this story is wrong and it, it's not enough here. Yeah. I, I think they, I think they kind of worked backwards with this story. And that's not necessarily a bad way to try to tell a story, but I think that what they did was like they started at the end. Okay, we need. Okay, we know we want to get Picard back to do a show. What would get him back? Like, what would get that character back? You know, what state do we want him to be in? Okay, well, he would have left Starfleet. What would have caused him to leave? Like they, they kind of started. I feel like they started maybe like three quarters of the way through, and then sort of built it out from there. But in so doing, like they made leaps. Not leaps necessarily, but they made steps backwards, but they didn't know how... When you're stepping backwards, you don't know how far back to step to make it kind of logical when you're going to play it the other way, right? And they're like, okay, well, what would have caused Picard to be in this state? And then they had to dream up a thing that would have done that. Like, what? okay, Picard's out of Starfleet. What would have caused him to leave Starfleet? And they got to dream up a thing. Okay, that caused him to leave Starfleet. And then what led up to that and so on, right? And how does that play in? So as opposed to starting at the start, and then kind of working through with the character, what decision would he make during this event? You know? So I think that that is a big piece of why the show sometimes feels like it makes these logical, these, these leaps in logic sometimes or the, or, or the cause and effect don't quite seem to line up is because I feel like they must have worked in the wrong direction. 
That's that's my impression of mm-hmm. this. Well, I you agree. know, yeah, I agree. So so yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah, it's just it's, I guess we can just sum up that the this whole MacGuffin's a bit disappointing if that's all there is to it, the reason yeah. behind it. But let's move on. We got again two kind of storylines going on here. We got Picard on the ship with Soji, and now they're gonna deal with Allison Pills, Agnes's character when she wakes up because the tracker was dislodged from that uh what she did there. So they're no longer apparently being tracked. Rios is going he has now some recognition that he has met Soji or Dodge before or another mm-hmm. version of this android on some other ship and his former captain did something and sacrificed and killed himself. I'm not sure the whole story mm-hmm. there. You Maybe you can refresh my memory. And he's in a bit of a depressive state. Rafi's playing mommy, a mother figure to everyone on board. Um, we got Picard dealing with the Admiral saying there is an issue now. That Admiral who told him about the fucking hubris. And she also tells him now to shut the fuck up <laughs> again. <laughs> so She's one foul-mouthed Admiral, man. Oh, yes. Um, apparently, they're going to go to Deep Space 12 and hand off Agnes there. And the Admiral said they're going to send reinforcements to help Picard. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I that's think right. that's yeah. that's what's happening. So they're on their way to Deep Space Twelve, and then but then later they figure out a way to access the Borg hyper or whatever it is that wormhole yeah, the, tech or the, whatever it is. Yeah, the trans the trans warp trans warp conduit. That's right. So and then they're gonna go to where Soji is because Soji's now on board, so Soji can yeah to go to her home her home home world. So world, I think yeah. they're gonna do that. They're not gonna go to Deep Space Twelve. And then right. what's happening also on the Borg cube is because. Elnor activated that Phineas Ranger stuff, uh, active be- a beacon. Then Seven of Nine comes in and starts kicking ass. And Rizzo pretty much destroys a whole bunch of Borg as Seven of Nine mm-hmm. links in again. And that, uh, well, I want to talk about that scene. But she was able to get Elnor off the ship. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't um, know if they left the ship. No, they didn't leave yet. They didn't leave yet. So I don't think so. But but Rizzo is left. Yes. She has escaped and all the bad Romulans have gone with her. So essentially those are your two storylines. So right. what what did you think of this episode and what did you like to talk about, Jeff? Yeah, I I mean overall actually I mean I thought the episode was fine. There was lots more talking just on the the La Serena, the, sh- the our ship with Picard. So I I like that. I like that it kind of focused on our core characters. So that was fine. I I and I felt that Patrick Stewart came into some more command type situation. So he sounded kind of more like old classic Picard. Mm. Especially so really when he was like dealing that. with Agnes. Yeah, mm. that's right. So I thought that was really good. I got a chuckle with Rafi dealing with all of the holograms on, uh, on there and Picard's office, the hollow office there. I thought it was, I don't know if it was necessary, but I got a chuckle out of it. It was interesting to see, we got a bit of background as to why they all looked like him and what the consequences of that were. So it was like that the ship, when he got it, they did the scan so that the automatic default of that program was just to map the captain or whoever had the ship onto those holograms. So they were all kind of pieces of him. Mm-hmm. They said, well, yeah, he said he didn't really care or something like that, but to change it clearly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah but he, but it clearly he did because he made little modifications mm-hmm. to them. So, that's a little bit of insight into Rios's character. I don't know what it means at this point, but I kind of like those holograms. I, they, they don't seem to serve much of a purpose beyond comic relief, but I'm all right with that. And yeah, some of the Borg stuff, again, it was great to see Seven of Nine again. 
but I'm a little, yeah, so she jacked into the collective or, or kind of created a mini collective to try to oust the, the Romulans from that cube and to protect themselves. But that plan didn't really go the way <clears throat> nope. she expected, did it? So a lot of Borg are eating vacuum right now. <coughs> oh yeah. Thanks to that decision. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of drones left. Like I didn't realize that there were so many drones still left on board the ship. And I, and so I'm okay with that because early, yeah. in the early episodes, they say if you go into these sections, you got to be careful, right? right? You don't want to reactivate, right. you know, the Borg again, right? So yeah. I, I'm okay yeah. with that. The only, I, I liked some of the Borg stuff with, with Seven of Nine. I just felt it was a bit, I liked her reluctance to jack in. Mm-hmm. I felt that the consequences of her doing that were almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wish they, I, the yeah, yeah, I wish there was a bit more there. And I also think I wish there was a bit more of a, and I don't know how you can do it. Maybe, you know, budget wise, they don't, they aren't able to do this in time wise, but I would have really liked a bit more of a horror element back to mm. the Borg drones being activated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Something know, sort of first contact where they did. Yeah. Where, you know, where, where they things are really unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. You do, you do see some of the guys come and they just kind of tackle a couple of people and that's it. And it's just yeah. kind of the tensions not racked up at all. And yeah, I completely agree. And it, and it would have been neat because it would have been, the script would have been flipped because we were sort of cheering for the Borg at that yeah. part. Right? I thought that we want them funny. to fuck up the Romulans. Yeah, that would have been really neat. Yeah. yeah and yeah, 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 missed opportunity. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. And then like, you know, then, you know, seven and nine then may have to struggle with being part of the collective again because she, mm-hmm. she, a part of her is missing that, right? That's In right. A sense. Yeah. So. And then she was just able to, you know, okay, I'm disconnected now. Everything's all good. Thumbs up. Yeah. And it's, that's right. You know, it's kind of like, oh, come on. Okay. That's exactly. Yeah, there were no consequences and it's almost like they knew that they weren't going to do that. So in order to pull that off, they had, cause before she jacks in, she's like, well, I'm, they may not, they won't want to leave the collective and I may not want to give it up. And then it's like, but you did and it seemed fine. So mm-hmm. who gives a shit, you know? Yep. Yeah, like it didn't have any consequences because it can't because it's not what the show's about. So then it's like, well, why did you do that? Unless it plays into because they're still there on the cube. So uh, yeah. is that going to play into the next two episodes? I I hope they don't just try to sweep it under the rug. Presumably Jerry Ryan will be in the next episode, right? Because Eleanor's still on the cube. So I hope so. Maybe they'll take yeah. the board cube and go help Picard. Yeah, that would be interesting. Mm, that could be interesting. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens there. But I just want to go back and just say this could have been the opportunity with Hugh. Yeah, and uh, I completely he, agree. And yeah. he jacks in. Oh, and seven oh of, and Even though Seven of Nine comes, but then mm-hmm. maybe he has to, she has to kill him because he can't give up that control. Ooh, ooh, that, that's dirty, Harry. I like it. <laughs> that would have been my instinct, man. Yeah. Just, I don't like to rewrite the shows on the show here, but I like that rewrite. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been more fitting for Hugh because mm-hmm. then he still has that power to realize, okay, now I can't let this go, so you have to do something. Or, or this. even you could have done it the opposite way: is Seven comes in and she doesn't want to unhook, so Hugh kills her. Yeah, I think that would have caused a bit you know? more of an uproar. But the oh, I would, sure. I would, yeah, yeah, I would be okay with that if Seven was part of the show from almost every episode. Mm-hmm. But if you're just having yeah. her come in for like two seconds, then you can't do that, right? To no, I guess you're right. Like yeah. Seven. yeah, yeah, you can't do that to seven of nine. I guess that's a good point. That's a good yeah. Point. So yeah, yeah, it's, but I think that would have given Hugh a bit more meaning. I agree, and that would have really, yeah, that would have ramped things up a lot. That would have been that would have been really cool. Okay, so that's that's 
I still don't know what Elnor did this episode, but that's okay. Guys up, I think. Did he not in this yeah, episode? Yeah, I, th- I think he got a couple guys. I do like the one line he gives Seven, so once she was jacked in to the collective, are you going to assimilate me now? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he just looks at her calmly. He's, just, he's not really worried. He's just like kind of like, as you said, childlike. Am I going to yeah. get assimilated now? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's great. It should like have been that. like, if you, yes, if you don't shut up, sit in that corner. <laughs> it's like, shut up, Elmore. Yeah. So I want to chime in on what's happening on the La Serena there. I'm, I'm not a fan, really, of what's happening here. I think I like hard confronting Agnes, but I feel, and then apparently saying he's going to inform the authorities at Deep Space 12 and she'll have to turn herself in and mm-hmm. answer for those crimes of killing Maddox. But I feel that kind of was kind of dropped and everything's kind of forgiven at that point because she walks out and is part of the crew. I can sit down at the table. Oh, guys, I'm just letting you know I'm going to turn myself in. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going to sit here and join you guys. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I have some more cake? Can I have some more cake and wrap, you know? It's okay because, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not well, a Well, they know she's harmless, right? So I guess it's, yeah, I don't know. Again, yeah, we're talking we'll about tension and out, consequences, but anyways. Out of place character. I don't think she's written well, and that's part of the problem. So no, she's not really. Yeah, it, 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 they're they're trying to play to that actor's like they're they're trying. I I kind of I understand what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to play to how Allison Pill is. Like her, that's sort of her style. We see her other characters in other shows. She's sort of that fish out of water, sort of nervous type, socially awkward type. So they're playing into that, and they're trying to play against that as well by having her be a little well she wasn't deliberately nefarious she was sort of programmed by that mind melt to kill maddox or she was shown shown something so horrible so they played against her type to make that shocking Mm -hmm. it's just it didn't really hit didn't really land you know so i I get what they were trying to do but it just for whatever reason it just didn't really didn't hit she's still gonna have to answer for that and in tv world and star trek logic She's still going to have, she's going to answer for that in some way or another. So she's either going to die or she will go to whatever Starfleet resort that they use for prison in the 25th century. Is <laughs> yeah. there an advanced society, right? You don't, you know, it's not like she's going to the box, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> not going to Guantanamo Bay. No, she needs to go in that box that Cisco was thrown in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the heat. <laughs> <laughs> that was great now let's talk about I guess I can talk about Rios I mean I'm not a f- I think it's interesting that the holograms present a different facet to his psyche I like that I just I'm not a fan of just the comedy relief I guess scenes with Rafi and they're all in the room and kind of, it's a very stereotypical as well you know he's Hispanic and I don't know it, it just doesn't seem fitting I, I'm not interested in these scenes I really don't know what it's going to provide well hold on hold on what's what's the Hispanic stereotype because they're all like like they have like irish and scottish accents and shit and this i don't even understand either well i don't know they're just doing that because it's goofy i guess uh, so anyways either way i'm not not a, not crazy on these scenes maybe he uh, was auditioning and and they're like hey man you were fine but like what what can we do he's like well okay here's my irish accent and they're like <laughs> hired yeah hire that man <laughs> It's like Hire George. It's like George Costanza. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'll turn right. you off. Hire that man. Great. <laughs> uh, he went into that audition and he did the opposite of everything he was. He was good at. For sure, he stole the raisins. Oh yeah, <laughs> he stole the raisins. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's right. Yeah. I did enjoy somewhat of the scenes between Rafi and Rios in his room when it was just one on one. 
But now, can you tell me about this plot point, if you can explain it mm-hmm. to me a little bit more yeah. on Rios having some confrontation with another yes. Soji? Very, type? so I don't we'll talk this. about convenience currency, but yes, here's what happened. So he was on his, so his, his last Starfleet assignment, he was first officer. I don't remember his captain's name, but they got, they were basically on a, what sounded like a first contact mission. So they encountered the shuttle and they beamed the two occupants of the shuttle aboard, one of whom was a, was a Soji, a, a copy, uh, one of, one of that same model and somebody else. And then the order came from Starfleet from Commodore O directly, I believe that the captain was to terminate both of those life forms. And if they, and he refused because he's a Starfleet officer, you don't murder people. But if he didn't agree, then they were going to destroy the entire ship because somehow Starfleet can do that remotely. Okay. I guess they have kill switches for all their starships. I don't know, but that was the threat. So, because he had to save his whole ship, he did kill them. And then, and, and so what happened was Rios pressed him on it. Like what, like, cause I think he would have tried to cover it up or whatever. He's like, okay, what happened? Why'd you do this? And the more he pressed, then the more distraught the captain became. So then the captain committed suicide. Uh, committed suicide. Rios under, somehow understood what had happened. Like he knew what had happened and then did cover up the murders, uh, and basically had to like, testify or show that the captain seemingly killed himself for no reason mm. and that was that was it for him and starfleet so that's that's yeah. what the plot point was so very very coincidence so when he saw soji beam aboard with picard that brought he he i think he already kind of knew they were probably synthetics back in the day when it happened but this obviously slipped. so that brought back all of those memories uh, yeah. all those memories which is why he kind of freaked out during this episode, um, extraordinarily highly, highly, highly convenient, big, big, big coincidence that this is the same person who, uh, just happens to be the one that they hire to take them on this mission. Um, yep. very, very, that's very sloppy storytelling, very sloppy storytelling. It's, yeah, it's sloppy. It's extremely bad. You but, just can't do that. You can't, you can't have the only time you can use a coincidence in a story is to start the story. You can start a story with a coincidence. Because that can set off a chain of events, but you can't conclude a story with a coincidence, and you can't like twist that story on a coincidence. It's not fair to us because mm-hmm. that's something that shouldn't have happened. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. I will say this though: I did enjoy the banter between Rafi and Rios. I felt mm. again we're talking about moments, character moments, allowing a scene to breathe, getting mm. to know some the character of Rios a little bit more. What makes him tick? What was his tragic background there? I'm glad we got to know more of that. I thought those yeah. scenes were great. I, I, you know, Rafi's again playing mother hen to everyone on the ship, and I, I'm fine with that. I think Rafi's yeah. a good kind of gel to everybody there. She needs that because, you know, she can't play mother hen to her own son, so she's kind of now grasping and having need to do that with everyone else, and that makes sense from a character mm-hmm. perspective. So I, I'm enjoying that relationship, but the convenience is bad. The, the, story, yeah. the, the writing choices here are bad. Completely agree. Yeah. She, she was, she was, she was fun in this episode. Yeah. I like, I actually like what they've been able to do with her over the course of eight episodes. Yeah. I thought this was, yeah, it was good. This was, this was good for her, but mm. they are sacrificing logic for the sake of good character moments. And I don't think like that's not necessary. You can have good logic and good character moments. They're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of the scenes with, with um, Agnes? Kind of fawning over all of Soji's capabilities. I mean, um, I'm finding, yeah. yeah, not good. Like she was, it was, oh, you could do this. 
Oh, you got a birthmark? Oh, you got, like, you eat? Oh, you drink when you're thirsty? I mean, I don't know, man. I That's a stretch, right? Uh, I don't know. I Actually, I didn't mind that. I, I mean, I don't know that she played it that well, but it reminded me of that the TNG episode. I don't remember what it was called. It was a two-parter, but but uh, Dr. Bashir was on the Enterprise, and he had that weird piece of tech. It was the first time Data dreamed, mm-hmm. and Bashir was marked. Like, he kept asking Data's questions like, you know, does your hair grow and all this stuff? And, you know, you oh, and he marveled at the fact that he would breathe and things like that. And Data said, you know, people ask me about how many computations per minute I can do or how strong I am and nobody's ever asked me you know if I beat or you know if I brew whatever and and uh, and Bashir was like well that's kind of the genius of this like you know who would make an android whose hair could grow like it's that's what's interesting about it right so I I, I remembered that it was calling back to that for me so I, I got it that, that it is kind of those things that make these androids so remarkable as the, the those things to make them seem so human, right? So that mm-hmm. she that that she marveled at it made sense, and because she worked in AI and and all of that and synthetic life, like this is sort of the pinnacle of that. But uh, so I got I mean, so yeah, no, actually, I know actually I kind of feel a different way about that scene. I thought it I thought that was good, but that made sense. It makes sense. I, again, I just I'm just not I'm just not responding well to Agnes's character. Maybe yeah. that's my issue sure. here, but. Yeah. Fair enough. So I guess the show ends because after Soji kind of settles down and understands that she has to get to her home world, like who she is. She's an android. She has to get to the home world. She opens up that conduit and then plots course. And then we just, that conduit opens up. They enter and Narek has a cloaking device and follows in right after. So, and and I think the episode ends there. Am I correct? That is correct. Yeah. And there's nothing else with seven and Elmore. No. Okay. No, that was the end of the episode. Yeah. That was the episode. Yeah. So that's it. Any other thoughts or what do you think of this episode as a whole? No, I I actually I kind of like the episode overall. It it uh it was a step back from the previous week, uh understandably, like there was no way they were going to top Riker and Troy. So, yeah, I'm not, I mean it's almost over now. We got two two episodes left. I don't know. I guess I've got lots. The episode was I I enjoyed it. It wasn't great, but I did enjoy it. And uh I guess I have thoughts that are starting to formulate on this series as a whole, but we'll leave that maybe to the, uh, you know, when we do our season wrap up. So what about you? Yeah, step back for me. I was a bit let down kind of quite a bit in this episode. Again, we started off with the, what really is the MacGuffin and that Mm -hmm. was a turn off. That's it. That's what we're doing. Okay. That kind of put a damper on things right off the bat. And that was the first scene of the episode. Mm -hmm. And then we have, you know, the Agnes, there's no real fallout for her killing Maddox yeah. or anything yeah. like that. It's just okay. Back to, you know, have a seat, <laughs> have some <Yeah>. cake. <laughs> have some cake. And, you know, I loved, I was really hoping more from seven being part of the collective. Again, the stakes were just not there. So I was really let down at this, this episode was a real downer for me. I felt there were a lot of missed opportunities and it's unfortunate. So I, it, I was not a fan of the episode. I, there was a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but not a fan. But I want to ask you now one thing. So I do remember what we talked about earlier on, and I want to bring it up here. I feel Picard's kind of... N- not, not star. He's not the show. star of his own show. Yeah. And I don't know if you agree, because he didn't want to be part of that ensemble with his old crew and everyone we want to see him interact with. So now he's interacting with this new crew, but he's hardly having a lot of deep, meaningful things to do with anybody here except for Soji. That's okay. But then this crew, because that's the story they're taking, you know, that's his main drive is Soji. So I'm okay with it. Right. But 
with respect to the rest of the crew, I don't feel he has a lot there. There's a lot of implied stuff that's with between him and Rafi. Backstory, that's fine. But outside of that, he's not really having anything to do with anyone else. It all seems forced and yeah. manufactured and there's nothing there to it. So they're they're just the help. Yeah, they're just the help. And the they're because, the hired hands. That's it. That's and nothing right. more than his Romulan uh housekeepers. That's right. But because of that, these people then are get just like we talked about with, you know, Star Wars and the legacy characters, they're not meant to do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. So we even there's even another kind of I don't know about ageist joke, but if you could label it as an ageist joke where Picard's getting excited. Okay, let's go to the home world. He sits in the captain's chair. Yeah, yeah. Loads up the screen. Um, I don't know how to work this. <laughs> <laughs> and then here, and then you see him scuttle off to the back. Yeah. You know, did you watch, did you watch yeah. Picard? He kind of scuttles like an old man. Yeah. Totally. Back to the back there and sits down and yeah. I, I just feel this, this show is weird in how it's treating Picard. Yeah. And I, I don't know. This is rubbing me the wrong way. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. Get what you're saying. Like he's almost like it's his show. Like because he's obviously the driving, he's the driving force behind all of the events. But it's almost like we're watching that episode of TNG uh, Lower Decks. You know, where it's all of the uh, yeah, all of the schlubs. That's a great comparison. Right? Great yeah. comparison. Yeah. And and he's still obviously Picard, but it's just like, well, he's the captain. Like we're you know he he's doing his own thing, right? And we're just here peeling potatoes down underneath and stuff. So it is weird. It, it's it's like yeah. It's strange it's very strange and i don't know how to put i can't really put my finger on it if it's you know what what it is if it's just a matter of screen time or what you know and he's obviously not a young guy so it's not like he can be their shooting schedule constraint like they have all of the practical constraints that unfortunately make their way into the show that we'd rather not have to see you know yeah um so yeah, it is weird. Yeah, I, I I I kind of do agree with you. There's a few episodes where I'm like, well, what's Picard doing today? Why is he? Yeah. Like, it's called Sar. His name's in the title, guys. Like, well, exactly. Words. Like, well, the other thing here is, is there's not even scenes of him really engaging these people outside of their for his first encounter with every character. He doesn't yeah. have any meaningful scenes with anyone outside of Soji. That's true. And like, and like I said, I mean, I said it as a joke, but they are the they're the help. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're just his hired band of of rogues, and that's well. He inter- I mean, he did have. When did he have? He had a little bit of um, interaction with. He had, he had a good. He had a good couple moments with Rios. That was this episode, wasn't it? Was no, that, he didn't interact with Rios. Though. He didn't interact with Rios much this this episode. Uh, that was when yeah. he first boarded the ship, and he had that. Oh yeah, your Starfleet. Ah, I thought he had that. another one. Yeah, maybe I'm you're not sure right, if you. he had another one with Rios. I mean, I, you're right. He's there isn't. He isn't really building much camaraderie with them. No. And uh and I think that it's not so much that that's by design, but that's almost an accident of design. It's it's uh glaring because of its absence because we kind of expect that out of this character because of our history with him, right? We expect him to have that camaraderie with his yeah. crew, but he's not going to have it because of the nature of the show, but I just think that they didn't even really realize that that was going to be a problem when they built the show, and then as the show comes together and we're watching it, that's a glaring absence. That's right. And then we're eating up. And then the the unfortunate reality here, the the consequence also is because now you have to service these characters mm-hmm. and they are having scenes like we're talking about this hologram scenes and stuff like that. Instead of it being a slow build over multiple seasons, they're having a 15 minute scene in this episode about Rafi interacting with all the holograms meant yeah. for comic relief. Yeah, you're getting an insight to Rios, but Picard's not 
really there interacting. It just feels like there's a massive disconnect. And the, all these yeah. characters, in a show like this, even if Picard's not an admiral anymore or a captain anymore, everyone should be learning something from him. He's kind of their guiding light to everything. He's yeah. their teacher. He's going to make everyone better. And that's who Picard is and should be. Everybody should be saying, like the con, like the result of this, whether Picard lives or dies or whatever happens is everyone would have learnt something and you would see it. The audience yeah. would feel it. This character got this from this character. This character got this from Picard. This and so on and so on and so on. The ripple effect. And that he's like the fatherly figure. He's the wise old man here. And that's not happening. Except for Soji. And I think they're going to continue to build on that, which is great. But oh yeah, it's a, it's the, these other characters will have, learn nothing from him. Except that, oh yeah, he, he didn't give up the, the old fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He stuck to his yeah. britches. Go, go, or Picard, go, or whatever, yeah. right? So. Yeah, I guess yeah, we'll see yeah. how that plays out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're, you're not, you're not incorrect at all. There's, there's definitely some, I, I, there's some shortcomings and it's like, again, how I feel like it's come together. I feel like these are things that they didn't even think of, didn't even occur to them. And I can understand why. And then, but now it's laid bare on screen and then, and I, like, what do you, now what? You know, like we're kind of in a, we're in a tough spot now. The show's in a tough spot now because mm-hmm. yeah. there's all these things that it, it needs to do and it, there's just no way for it to do it. There's not enough time. I agree. So what do you so what do you sacrifice? You know. Well, you have to sacrifice these character relationships. So that's yeah. a sacrifice. So I have one last question for you, Jeff. All right. We got two episodes left in this yeah. season. I don't know any spoilers. I know nothing. Right. I'm trying to avoid as much as I can. Is this season? Does this story with the synths going to wrap up by episode ten, or is it going to carry forward? I, like directly, there might be some indirect carryover mm-hmm. into season two, but they, I'm oh. assuming they didn't, I'm not, you said that they had a three season plan earlier. Are they? Well, gonna, they, yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm just no, wondering I, if you think that if this is going to end on a cliffhanger or it's going to be a continued storyline or is it going to wrap up somewhat in a nice little package by the end of episode 10? I think it's going to wrap up. I think it's going to wrap up. I think when they pitched the show, my understanding was when they pitched the show, it was, We've got a contained story. We're going to tell in one season. If we get renewed, like we have ideas for a two and a, and, and a three, but the idea was to do this in one. Now it's possible that they could have changed those plans, but my feeling is here's how I think it will kind of play out. Kind of like how discovery seasons one and two played out. They did wrap up the story of that season and then teased the next thing. So I, that's my, that's what my gut's telling me. Hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to wrap up. There's a lot to do. Yeah, there's a lot though. So it's the only thing that gives me pause there. I don't know if you heard it. I don't know if you listened to this interview, but I'd listened to an interview with uh, Jonathan Frakes really recently. And he was talking about, but primarily he was talking about his, his two episodes that, that he did. But one of the things he said was that when they shot episodes one and two like he he wasn't obviously on a part of that but he was original because he he directed seasons or sorry episodes four and five i believe of this season and he was originally brought in to direct episodes three and four but what had happened was when they made one and two they had so much that they blew out episodes one and two into one two and three okay so when i heard him say that i was like okay well if they were able to do that then maybe they will push out this story into a cliffhanger to be resolved next season. That's the only thing that gives me pause on my original answer. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, maybe that'll, that might be better, but maybe not. We'll have to see what happens here once yeah. they reach the synth home world. So you, you just think this synth place is just a bunch of androids trala lying in the, in the field, grassy fields and hills? I or? hope there's something more going on here, dude, because if that's all it is, like, fine, I guess, but I guess I don't really, they need to, like, give me, I don't want them to give me, like, just, you know, a twist for the sake of doing a twist. But what I want to see is like the last two episodes. I want to see them do something or give me something that is unexpected and surprising and yet, and gives me and makes me go, okay, I get it. That's why this show is here. Mm-hmm. I hope so. That's a high hope. <laughs> yes. I think it's a high but, hope from what we've seen so far. But I hope like, I think I brought this up a few episodes ago uh, with HBO's uh, Watchmen uh, limited series that they did. The few, first few episodes of that, I was like, okay, I like it, but what's the point? And then when they they landed the last, like, three episodes, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And then I could see that they had been weaving this tapestry from episode one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just, you couldn't tell yet because it was so big and the threads hadn't come together yet. Uh, and it really, it really hit that. They, and they nailed it. I, I don't think that's what's happening here, but I hope that something like that is happening here. Yes, I hope so too. I would yeah. really hate that the return of Picard has been, you know, kind of a slog. Like, yeah, it's it kind don't... of yeah, it's like kind of not the. It's I wouldn't say it's been a slog to get through. It's kind of been fifty slog, fifty okay. I'm well, kind of intrigued, but yeah, it, it better I'm have not, a nice wrap up here. I'm not bored watching it. I'm entertained watching it, and I like watching Patrick Stewart. It's Star Trek, like. All of that, I look forward every week to, to watching it. So, like, all of that's still there, and I don't sit there at the end of the episode going, oh, like, I like it. It's just want it to be more, like, they're playing on my nostalgia by bringing this character back in the first place. They need to pay that off for guys like us that grew up. Like, we were kids when this started. Like, we, it's part of our DNA, you know, it's formative. Mm-hmm. They need to pay that off for us if they're going to do it or they should have just left it alone, you know? So, I really hope... And I think they want to because, like, they're the people who are making the show are people who grew up with Trek as well and loved it as yeah. kids or teenagers and whatever. So, you know, I, I know they want to. I just hope that they can. I hope so too. And for Trek's sake, yeah. I really hope it finishes off with a bang because I think we could talk about it another time. But I'm not sure on what state Trek is in right now, and I don't have the warm and fuzzies about it. But we could talk about that if if we don't feel this series wraps up. Yeah, we season. can. There's lots to unpack there. All right, man. I think that does it for today. Finished episode seven and eight. So look forward to this week. Try and uh, hit up episode nine. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Close out with a bang. Close out with a bang. All right. Take it easy, buddy. All right, man.